I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Are you worried about your teen's mental health? We have talked a lot here on On Boys about mental health concerns, anxiety, depression, suicide prevention. If you think that your teen might benefit from some professional support, go to teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Teen Counseling connects your 13 to 19-year-old with a licensed professional counselor, and all counseling sessions are done via video conferencing or the phone. Your teen can even text when they need extra support. And the best part? With teen counseling, you have access to expertise that might not be available locally. You can choose a gay therapist, for instance, or a person of color. On Boys listeners can get 10% off their first month. Sign up at teencounseling.com slash teenboys. I am so excited about our guest today because she was my first friend on the internet, shall I say. We were joking about this before we started recording, but I met Heather, I don't even know how many years ago. We were probably on the same parenting summit together, and then I interviewed her, she interviewed me. This story sounds very much like my uh, beginning of my friendship with my co-host Jen. It and does. It does, doesn't it? Same thing. And after many years, we finally met in person at a Dr. Shafali event and really just had a blast. So much fun. And we have since then visited in each other's homes and shared life. And Heather is 
a phenomenal powerhouse of a personality. Heather is the founder of the Mom is in Control podcast and also Mom is in Control business podcast because why only have one podcast when you can have two? The phrase that really comes to mind when I think of Heather is, how do I want to feel? She is constantly asking moms and business owners, how do you want to feel? And going from there to shape and create and be intentional about your reality. And I thought, you know, this is a great time to have Heather on the show. So Heather, welcome. Thank you, Janet, for that amazing intro. And I'm so excited to be here with you and Jen. This is going to be a fun conversation. Because this is on boys, we need to point out straight up front that Heather is one of us. Heather is a mom to three boys. So she is a reliable, realistic, on the ground resource because she's not just talking about, oh, you could do this or you could do that. And you think, yeah, if I didn't have all these boys in my house. No, she means with all these boys in the house. Yeah, that is my life. We did get, we have two dogs as well. One is male and one is female. And purposely we got Ellie, the female, because I said, I need, I need another, I need someone in the house that understands me. So of course I got a female dog. My dog (laughs) is female too. (laughs) Yeah. And she's so alpha. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Mine too. Oh, much like the other female in the house. (laughs) A hundred percent. It is crazy how energy works. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you to share today about how we can help all those females out there to be more in control Mom is in control, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the source, Heather. Give us the overview of how how you're coping during this time, how you're choosing to cope during mm-hmm. this time, and we can help our listeners kind of come into that mindset of how yes. to be now. Yeah. Okay. So I love this conversation because People, I get this all the time. People will hear the podcast and go, yeah, in control. I'm not in control. And it's interesting because I say, how did you find me? And they, they will say, I typed mom and in control, like in the internet. And then they found me. And the first thing that I always say is, if you want to feel in control in your life, you have to give up control. Because when you're trying to control your children's behavior, when you're trying to control and plan with no flexibility, like every single second of your life, and this happens, right? Your routine is blown up. Everything is blown up. You will feel out of control. And the point is you need to have some directional energy of where you want to go in your life, what you want that to look like, but you can't do it from a unhealthy place to get to this place of a healthy freedom in your life. And I find that so helpful already. You know, like everybody else, I'm stumbling through and figuring out life as I go. And professional me especially wants to be very in control and feels like I should slot down exactly this time to do this and this time to do this and this time to do this. And then I get frustrated because my children exist and need attention. And sometimes not at the time I had them scheduled in to need attention. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And my boys, 
Well, I know there's one on the other side of the wall. I can hear the television on. I know there's one upstairs on a computer doing some homework. And then the other one, the teenager was in the shower and may have gone back to bed with the intention that, you know, he's not supposed to, but he knows I'm busy. So exactly back in there. But the point is I can't, you know, I've had to let go of a lot. Um, the screen time, the television time has been way more excessive than I would have previous allowed. And I'm okay with it. Like I just let it go. And I say, this is temporary. Um, I do observe their behaviors. So if they get too crazy and angry and frustrated, I'm like, no, guess what? We, we need to go on like a little detox or on the weekend when I'm not working. Um, that's actually when there's less screen time and there's more connection opportunities. And, you know, if it's a beautiful day, I'm like, we're going outside. I always say, I have these huge noise canceling headphones here. I tell people this is the best investment I've ever made. I legit cannot hear anybody when I have them on. And sometimes I'm wearing two sets of headphones. Like I'll have these ones on, which are like the iPhone ones. And then I have these over top and I walk around the house like that because if I'm trying to be focused and in my zone, if I'm writing or doing something, I just have to you know, I have to find my space. There's so many women that will say to me, I just can't, I just can't. Oh my gosh, I'm going crazy. And all these triggers are opportunity for growth. And it's like, you're being put in a little Petri dish. So, so much of my coping strategies now have come from the decades of work that I've been doing on myself as an individual, but also with the relationship that I have with my children. I love that noise canceling headphones idea. I just had a mom um, commenting that she's got you know two young boys. They're at home. She's working from home, and she's like, "Oh my god, are they ever quiet? Like, at what age can they be quiet?" And when that's sleeping. something you right, and that's something you can't control. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you have to be constantly in this place of. Uh, mental chaos because you can't get away from the noise. You find ways to create quiet for yourself. Well, and Heather, I love, uh, I just remember you came to this event with this huge bowl of earplugs. And it's so, it was so interesting to see people's response to this huge bowl of earplugs because you're like, use them, take them, use them all the time. And there was some resistance of, they thought it was oh, rude. but I, I won't be able to hear my children. Mm-hmm. I get it all the time. They're like, what do you mean? You're just not listening to them. And I'm like, actually, no. Uh, well, what would you, one, what would you do if you're hard of hearing? right? People would definitely have to learn to cope with that. They would come up to you, tap you on the shoulder. And it's been interesting because it's created a physical boundary with my children. So when they see those headphones go on, or I used to use the ones that you just stick in your ears, they know mom is not listening to me. Like she's in her zone or there's a reason why maybe her nervous system is very sensitive today and she's overreactive. Like she knows she's what I call going in her red zone. So she's protecting us. (laughs) She's protecting herself. And it's really interesting to me because I've even had, I've suggested this to partners too. So, you know, the mom or the husband would put them in or the partner and the spouse is like, I find that defensive. Like I find that rude because they're not listening to me. And I'm like, that's, 
that's your shit. Like that is not how that's so egotistical, right? Like I don't know where we got this idea and I'm writing about it in my book, but it, I'm just like, how, why have we bought into this story that by attending to any need that we have, including I'm protecting my nervous system to protect you is, is being rude to the other person because you're teaching that child, like, come up to me, talk to me in a respectful way. Oh, mom needs her space. Like my children, they may run in here. My door is closed, but they know when the door is closed, I'm working. And if Mm -hmm. they want something, the door opens slowly and they might peek in and then I'll go like this. No, I'm busy. And they go away. The first hundred times it was like, nope, go away. Nope, go away. But Mm -hmm. I reinforced that boundary. And when you're able to figure out how to respect yourself, your space, your energy, you're literally teaching your children how to respect themselves because they can go, oh, and then walking out into the world when you want to know, how do I build strong, confident, independent children? Let them have, like, you got to teach them these self-confidence skills because if they're out into the world and they don't know how to respect their own boundaries and own space, the world is going to eat them up alive. It's role modeling for them as well. You're, you know, you're simultaneously protecting yourself and giving yourself what you need while also role modeling for your children. Here are tools that you can use to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is what it looks like to respect another human being. Win, yeah. win, win. 100%. And I observe it with when other people enter the home, obviously not, no one's coming over right now, but I observe it when other children come in, like even something as simple as closing a cupboard after you grab a snack or, you know, you, you're done with your cup. Where does it go? Um, how my children respect or children in general respect our animals. And people will say, Oh, how do you get your kids to do this? Or mine would never do that. I'm like, listen, you're, you're not manipulating or disciplining or punishing your children. You know, it goes back to what Janet said. How do you want to feel? I personally, I don't know about you, but I do not want to feel manipulative, scary, rude, nagging. Like, I don't want to have this negative. I don't want my children to look back and go, oh, I was afraid of my mom. And she was always overwhelmed and depleted and angry at us. She was chronically yelling and she was a little depressed and sad and she slept a lot. And, you know, she blamed us a lot for her lack of motivation and she never had time. (laughs) She never had time for herself because she always blamed, you know, we required so much time from her. And as a child, you're sitting back going, why are you blaming me? Right? Why are you blaming me and projecting on me? And I think when we all can look back on our own childhoods and whether we're like, oh my gosh, it was perfect or not, we've all had those relationships with people where we felt this disconnection. We didn't feel the warm and fuzzy. Mm. And most likely it's because that other person didn't know how to take care of themselves and they were projecting it onto us. Whoa. Okay. Well, my childhood suddenly makes a whole lot more sense. Mm. Ooh, I'll be thinking about that all week. Thanks, Heather. We become uh, 
hey, we teach what we need to learn. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Can I back up and ask you a very important question based on what you said? So kids and putting away cups, putting them where they belong. Are you telling us that you have found the solution to this extremely common problem? I have five on my desk right now. (laughs) So... No, but my point is you can, you can teach, right? Yes. You, can, you can, what, lead a horse to water, but you can't get them to drink. I am not a clean freak. That is for sure. Um, but what you can do is have one cup per person and then get rid of all the other cups or put them in a special, you know, so it's like, hey, you have one cup. Your name is on this cup. If it's dirty, you're drinking out of it or you yep. got to clean it. So yeah, someone's like, get rid of all the cups and have one per person. We have six people in this house. There you go. You got six cups. You don't need 50. You get six, one per person. Simplify, simplify. We are going to pause for a moment from Heather and hear this message from our partner, Teen Counseling. Are you worried about your teen's mental health? We have talked a lot here on On Boys about mental health concerns anxiety, depression, suicide prevention. If you think that your teen might benefit from some professional support, go to teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Teen Counseling connects your 13 to 19-year-old with a licensed professional counselor, and all counseling sessions are done via video conferencing or the phone. And the best part? With teen counseling, you have access to expertise that might not be available locally. You can choose a gay therapist, for instance, or a person of color. On Boys listeners can get 10% off their first month. Sign up at teencounseling.com slash teenboys. Well, let's talk about those cups and maybe the lack of motivation around those, the getting that cup to the sink or even cleaning that cup. A lot of what I'm hearing from parents now is I can't get my son off the couch. I can't even make them go outside. I can't get him off of screens. Uh, you know, on and on a familiar story, which is just heightened during this time, like so many other things happening. So Talk about how do we meet our son's resistance Mm -hmm. and I I would say deal with their lack of motivation, but I also see it as how do we as moms motivate and it's not like making them do it, but how do we, how do we want to bring, bring the energy or bring the essence so that they want to. Can you see I'm busting? And maybe that's impossible. I I love this conversation. So uh, can I tell you that I was proud, and I know I'm not a boy, but I was one of the most unmotivated children and teens ever to exist on this earth. And that is hard to believe knowing you now and all of the things that you do. 100%. Like I was probably voted the most likely to fail at life. Not kidding. Oh my gosh. The complete opposite of who I am today. So I have three boys who were very differently motivated, but my oldest feels like, oh my gosh, he's a mirror image of me. And 
he is not motivated. The middle one is academically motivated, traditionally academically motivated. So he does not want to disappoint his teacher. If he has 10 projects to do, he just boom, 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 gets them done. Um, I'm like, that will serve you now. But as an adult, you're going to have to let that people pleasing go. My oldest, like, what is the purpose of this? What is Mm. the purpose of this? Why do I need to do this project? And honestly, in my head, I'm thinking, you are right. What is the life purpose of this? Right. And then the little one is just this creative little butterfly and (laughs) Janet knows him well. And she's helped me a lot with him because the whole point to answer your question is we have to dissect the stories we're telling ourselves about our children. A lot of times when our children are not motivated and they're using screens to just numb out, right? Or they're addicted to them. Like, let's just be honest. There's a lot of science behind it. But why do I find myself lying in bed on my phone? I'm bored or I'm resistant to something. Like I'm supposed to be going out for that walk or I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm like, I just need to numb out, not think about anything right now. And our children are using it to cope. Like they have big emotions too that are going on right now. And if they don't know how to communicate what's going on inside of them, because these are skills that they've never been taught or they don't have, you don't have that relationship with them. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast, and it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet, but a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten easy melt vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin. And I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve. And I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin. And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah, no. And they taste good. And they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants, not chemicals. Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free 
three-month supply of Easy Melt Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash envoys. That's try, T-R-Y, dot Easy Melts, E-Z-M-E-L-T-S, dot com forward slash envoys. They're going to use their old coping strategies. So don't shame yourself if you're like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. And having talking about emotions with boys is a whole different conversation. Most of the time, they don't even want to talk to you about it. Or they're like, Mom, like I can't talk to Logan before noon. He just, he's like, stop talking to me. You're <laughs> like, just keep your mouth shut. So I listen to that. But here's what I will tell you. One, there is a thing called, well, we use a Google router. I can turn off the Wi-Fi at any point in time to any device. I don't do it as a manipulation factor. I use it as currency. So we go to work because we want a paycheck, right? I love the work that I do, but I also want to be able to pay the bills and go on a, you know, vacations and all of that stuff. Wi-Fi can be a currency for our children. I have a question though, because I, I tried that, um, some years ago and it worked up until, um, my kids got digital data plans on their phones and who pays for them. Um, well we're divorced and their dad. So that adds a layer of complication. So the Wi-Fi thing is great if you can make that work for you. Yeah. So yes. And then, so if that doesn't work for you, then you have to use something else, right? Yep. And currency can be many things, but also you have to develop a respectful relationship with your child. So I often ask my oldest, like, what are you excited about? And he might not know, but I've noted, I've watched, when does he get really, really excited? And he loves to learn about, right now he's into photography, but he'll still resist it. He'll still resist learning about it because he's bored or he's like, well, I'm not going to self-motivate myself. But I also have to ask myself, what happens to me when, how do I push through motivation? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of energy that required from me to push myself to do something that I don't want to do. And I will completely change the whole energy in the home. If I have access to cutting off the Wi-Fi for the little ones and I'm like, okay, guys, no media time. Okay, great. If I have a kid that has a media plan, that's fine. Let them be, let them go do their thing. I'm turning on some music. I'm putting some incense or essential oils on. I'm cooking in the kitchen. Like I'm changing up the whole energy and I'm trying to get everybody involved. Like get them out of their caves, get them out of their, you know, open the windows in your house and just change the energy in your home. So instead of busting in your kid's room and being like, why are you in here all the time? Get off, blah, blah, blah. I am actually cultivating, you know, the energy of like, let's get together. Let's come out. Let's get together. Let's eat. Let's talk. Let's whatever. A welcoming environment you're creating. You're not demanding. You're without words, inviting them into living. I'm observing the behavior, bypassing the, you know, attacking. Mm -hmm. And I'm not actually, I'm observing the behavior and I'm not actually talking to the children at all about their behavior. Mm -hmm. I'm doing something about the energy and the environment 
because the behavior is showing me it needs to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so brilliant. And I hope our listeners will just, you know, put us on pause for a minute and just process that. We get into our our rut, our habit. Most of us have it of just like, you're doing this and you're doing that. And what Heather is saying is like, bypass that layer completely because mm-hmm. it doesn't serve and it just ramps up your stress and anxiety and anger levels. And it also heightens their resistance to mm-hmm. you. So bypassing that because you've already created this foundation of relationship with them, hopefully, and you're working on it every day and building it every day, never going to be perfect, but then bypassing that behavioral layer and going to the more global in your home, how can we shift what's going on here? And that does take some focus from you but also, wow, the results are going to be huge and everyone's going to be feeling better. Let me give you a tangible example. So right now I have back-to-back calls, but I do have some gaps in there. And my husband is also home. So he's kind of on kid duty, right? Meaning he's managing that right now. But if I'm sitting here and I could hear them getting loud and crazy, I know they've been fed, so they're not hungry, but they're just being annoying and they're being eating each other up. As soon as I'm done this conversation, I'm not going to go yell at anybody and take things away. I'm immediately going to shift the energy. That's all I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be doing exactly what I said to you. I'm going to open the windows. I'm going to be like, okay, who's hungry? Let's you know change things up. TV goes off. They'll cry for five minutes. I'm still not acknowledging the crying. Like, yeah, I would be annoyed too. Someone just abruptly stopped an activity. Have your tantrum, get that overwhelm out. And then I'm going to turn some music on. I'm probably going to start dancing by myself in the, um, in the kitchen and I'm going to change the energy. And then once the energy changes and they're focused on another task, then I'm going to return to work. Keep this idea in mind. You know, this is the kind of thing, as Janet was saying, so often we respond instinctively based on the scripts in our heads, what we've done in the past. And a lot of times we don't even notice that we've done something uh, non-productive until, oh, yep, here we are again. I'm nagging. They're more upset. This didn't help anything. Oh, that's right. I should have done that thing that Heather said. This will probably happen three, four, five, six times, but maybe the seventh time, you're going to stop yourself. Try it. It truly is easy. Just hold that in for a little bit and turn on some music. It's going to make you feel better almost instantly and then see what happens. And if I'm living in a survival state, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, with my time, my money, my energy, my relationships, I will react very differently to my Mm -hmm. children's behaviors. And it took me a really long time. I started my whole business and career on the parent-child relationship. And then as I continued to kept moving back from that, because I would hear the women mainly saying, I don't have time to implement these strategies. I don't have the energy. Oh man, my, my partner isn't on board. I'm so tired and exhausted and overwhelmed all the time. And slowly my practice started to shift into like getting her okay and grounded to be able to implement those strategies. So it's like telling someone to 
ride a bike before they've even learned how to crawl. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes, it truly takes a village. There's so many angles that you can take with this and there is no perfection. You will start with one thing and in your mind be like, okay, in eight weeks, because I'm going through this process and this program, my life is going to be perfect and I'm never going to yell again. And then eight weeks, you're like, oh crap, I'm the problem. Oh dang, I need to work on myself. Okay. That brought me to therapy. Go to therapy. Wow. Now I need to do this. Oh my gosh. I hate my career. (laughs) I need like, you need to look at all aspects of your life and realize that you matter. Janet and I are both over here smiling and shaking our heads in recognition, I think because we have found ourselves on this road as much as I sometimes, okay, often want to blame everybody else. A lot of this comes back to me and having to do my own work. And we've said it before, Janet, dealing with our own stuff. Mm -hmm. That's got to be part of it because there's the piece where you deserve to be a healthy, happy, whole human being, and you can more effectively and lovingly relate to other people, your children, your spouse, partner, even friends, when you do that work and get to that point. And it's a process. I love that you brought that out, Heather. It's not like I take this class and I'm fixed and we all live happily ever after. That is such a high expectation. (laughs) Such you could really dream. charge a lot for that class if it worked that way. If it, it worked. Which it yeah. won't. Right? So let's let's just dial this in a little bit more and imagine a single mom with two or three kids at home, shut in with them, no other adults in the picture. And I have talked with moms who are in this situation. She's trying to hold on to her job do that work. Her kids need her online school, which is a whole nother conversation, which we've had here many times. How can you help her find Mm -hmm. even just like that five minutes where she can refill her cup so that she is able to interact with her children in a loving way? Because Mm -hmm. it's been, as we talk, it's been eight weeks and Mm -hmm. We don't know how much longer it's going to be. So what do you, what words of love and compassion and strategies for this mama who is done? Yeah. Yeah. This is not easy. Not easy. Um, The interesting part though is what I've noticed in people is pre-pandemic, you hear things like, oh my gosh. I would never homeschool. Oh, if you know, if my children didn't go to daycare, I would lose my mind. Um, oh, that's my saving grace. You hear all of these things, and then you're put in the position where all of your safeguards are taken away, and you've still survived. Like you are here, you are alive. Your children are still here. You're okay. You're in a home, you, you know, whether you, you, I was going to say you have food on the table, but that can be a challenge for people too. And the circumstances, the best quote I've heard so far is we're all in the storm together, but we're not in the same boat and, or we're all fighting the same, we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. And what that means to me is we're all experiencing this differently. And so regardless of whatever strategy I give, it's going to land differently 
with everyone else. Um, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, yeah. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to feel like you're not good enough. I mean, we all have moments of that. I've given myself permission to like my standard right now is just to keep my children alive and to not scream and yell like that. That to me is a huge success. Um, mentally, I, if, if they get any homework done, that is icing on the cake. I'm not putting any pressure on myself. I've already had, um, you know, a principal call me already. And I'm like, my child's not even at school and the principal is calling. (laughs) And I was like, Hey, how are you doing? And I just was like, I don't care why you're calling. You're literally calling me because an assignment is not complete and you don't care how my child's mental health is. You don't care how, or not that you don't care. You're not asking how we're doing. You're not asking anything. You're just concerned you know, that this little checkbox isn't off. So other people's expectations of who you need to be right now are none of your damn business. Your business is to say, what do I need? What do I need? And if, you know, you're like, oh, I would love to have a bath. Great. Kids go to bed or they're not in bed. You're putting them in front of the TV if they're old enough and you put yourself in that bath and you do what you need to do. And you just have to create these little pockets of time and space. Um, If you can, you go sit in the car. You go sit in the car. You pretend you're driving somewhere. I've been sitting in my car a lot, actually. That's where I podcast. Um, I podcast in my car. I talk to myself in my car. I journal in my car. Um, And I also, you know, I am known for tough love and no BS. I think a lot of times we have to have our little come to Jesus moments with ourselves that, you know, I see a lot of memes out there. Um, and I've just stopped watching the news. I've stopped really looking at all that stuff because people will tell you it's okay that you're drinking a bottle of wine a day. It's okay that you're wearing pajamas every day and you haven't blah, blah, blah. And is that really okay for you? Like, is that making you feel amazing and alive and energized you don't have to be perfect, but you know, I think there's a point where people are giving us a lot of permission to not show up for ourselves right now. And I work with some um, single parents and I have seen, there's two types in my community. The one that say I'm a single parent and they wear it as a badge of honor. And then the other ones will say, I'm a single parent and I will never use that as an excuse of why my children, you know, don't have the best life possible. And I watch her, I watch her overcome this cultural conversation of what a single, a single female parent is, which is she can't pay the bills. She's chronically burnt out. She's whatever. And then I see women who are like, screw that. You know, I am, I am going to make more money than ever in an industry that is not going to burn me out. I'm going to do it on my own terms. I'm going to take really good care of myself and I'm going to hire the additional support and help that my children need, even if that is a virtual tutor at this time or whatever that looks like. So my point is in this moment, whatever life is bringing to you and whatever you're experiencing 
if it is painful and extremely uncomfortable for you, remember that. Try not to numb it and say, I will never feel this way again in my entire life. And when I can get out of here, I'm going to make sure that I'm creating the life that I want and not living by default anymore. But if you're just hanging on by a thread, don't let go of that thread and just keep asking yourself, what do I need? And please, for the love of life, give yourself permission for what you want and stop saying you don't have time because you don't want to go to the hospital right now because you've had a heart attack or your health has deteriorated so bad because then you will realize that your children have nobody to take care of them because you didn't take care of yourself. And I'm clearly saying that from experience. I did the bath thing the other night and it, my kids are teenagers. It meant that I just had to let go the fact that, yeah, we are coming on midnight and everybody's still awake in this house. And you know what? Fine. Whatever. I am going to take a bath and let myself go to bed Fighting with them hasn't really gotten them in bed sooner anyway. So just take care of myself and then tomorrow will happen and we'll go from there. Yeah. Tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow will happen. Natural consequences are a beautiful thing. When my kids, when my oldest is like, I'm going to go to bed late. I'm like, awesome. The nine (laughs) o'clock bell is going to go off really early tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll see how you like it then. Yeah. I want to make sure that we talk about how to talk with our kids, how to help them alleviate some of the anxiety that they're feeling right now. This, you know, even as adults, we're grappling with the uncertainty. Like, I don't know what's happening in a month. I don't know if that event's going to happen. And that's hard for us to cope with. And, you know, many kids live in the present and that's a beautiful thing, but what do we, how do we work with our kids to help allay their fear and their stress and anxiety around just not knowing what is happening? I'm, I want to laugh. I love your face. I want to <laughs> laugh, Janet. You know, this is not a kid issue. It may feel like it though to some of our listeners. So let's turn it around. Okay. I have a very anxious child and I started doing this work. The first product that I created was called teach your kid to meditate. And man, people were writing me. I need to, I need to, I need that program. I need that program because my child needs to calm down. They need to meditate. I was like, do you meditate? No, no, I don't. I was like, well, I think you need to start. And I'm telling you, 99.9% of what we're experiencing or seeing in our children is a projection of our own anxiety. If you are, it is so contagious, right? They're talking about this pandemic and how it's not the virus. I mean, I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to talk about like the, you know, how contagious the virus is, but it's amazing how I can sit here in my home with no contact with additional humans and fear is like, more contagious than the actual virus because, you know, no one's coming in my house. How the heck am I going to get this virus? I'm not going anywhere, but yet I can be terrified of something, just having a conversation with somebody else. We have to realize that 
there's a lot going on, going through our our children's little bodies. And I truly believe, yes, there is anxiety. There is anxiety disorders. There's a lot of things going on in our kids. And mindfulness is a beautiful thing. When I started this process, I started to meditate with my son and because he was very anxious. And then I realized he was just this little sensitive soul who was very affected by the world. So I would just sit there and do mindful things with him. But people overcomplicate that process too. So I'll put um, silent meditations on, not silent, I'll put quiet meditation music on in um, the house. So using an app like Insight Timer, or you could even use Spotify and put on like meditation music or spa music. And just having that like mild, like going on in the background, you're setting the tone. Um, I will do that with my kids before they go to bed and just asking them about their day. Like what went really, really well today? And our brain has a negativity bias, which is, you know, our primal brain to keep us safe. So when my kids are like, well, what's going to happen? What, what, what if, what if, what if? And I'm like, what if that doesn't happen? And I honor how they feel, right? Mm -hmm. I honor how they feel. I go, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be uncertain. But what do you think the possibilities are, right? They're like, is school going to be out? Is it not? Like whatever, whatever the worry and fear is, I just turn it around. I'm like, yeah, but what possibility is that going to create for you? Or how would you feel if you didn't have the anxiety? Um, I often talk about body awareness. So things like, how do you know you're anxious? How do you know you're angry? Like, tell me, well, I feel like there's a volcano in my stomach. Okay, cool. Here's a, you know, here's some, before we go to bed tonight, while there's meditative music on, let's get out our coloring pencils and paint it for, or draw it for me. Like, show me what's going on in your body. You can bring so much awareness to yourself and your children and the energy in your home by talking about how you feel. How does that feel in your body and just normalizing the uncertainty? It is okay to not be okay. And the next step is just saying, how do you want to feel? How do you want to feel? Do you want to be anxious all day? No. Cool. How do you want to feel? I want to feel playful. I want to feel energized. Okay, cool. What do you think you need to do to do that? And allow your child to guide their own experience. And if you are trying to control and free, and you're freaking out and you're projecting like, oh my gosh, I had somebody the other day tell a story. They were trying to homeschool their child and they were telling a story about a family member. And she said, she was talking to this family member and the person who was giving her advice homeschools on a regular basis. And the person was like, oh my God, my child's not doing this, blah, 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 blah. The child was five. She said, just calm down. Realize the relationship is more important than these academics. And the person responded with, I don't want my child living in my house for the rest of their life. And I said, listen, and she's like, listen, do you realize you're projecting mm -hmm. your future reality onto your five-year-old child in this moment because they won't sit down and do that page that you want them to do? And when you have that self-awareness to go, oh my goodness, I am cont contributing to this anxiety. I am contributing to this fear. 
everything will change for you and your child. And I guarantee that even if you did zero homeschooling with that child, zero intentional educational activities, at some point, that kid is probably going to move out. I, are they probably going to want to. If yeah, right. Controlling. <laughs> right. At age six. <laughs> Ready to go, mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heather, how can moms find you and find additional support? You've already mentioned, you know, some of the products that you've created, and I'm sure there's going to be people that want to know more. So, yes, you can go to my, like the podcast is where I'm at most of the time. So it's called mom is in control. And then there is the mom is in control business or my name, Heather We'll have links in in the show notes, everybody. We'll have links so you can go over and click. You don't need to try and figure out how to spell Heather's name right now. (laughs) Or say it with a French accent. Right. What is the one message that you want to share with all those listeners out there globally that they can rest on, that they can, like I just envision them just like leaning their elbow right on there going, oh yeah. Okay. Heather said this. Um, No pressure. Yeah. I've been, so I've been mothering for 15 years and every day is a new adventure. I always say parenting is personal growth on steroids and there, there will never be a moment when you think you have it all figured out because then, you know, they, they change and they grow <laughs> and you change and grow and nobody actually knows what they're doing. Um, people call them parenting experts, but they don't know what they're doing. And it, it, our children and ourselves, we're not a one size fits all. So take what is happening to you that you don't like in your life and say, I would like to change this. And know that change is possible when you're ready to do the work to get it. Um, and just, a, you know, putting duct tape over your mouth, your mouth, not your children's mouth, your mouth, and just talk less and listen more. Listen more to yourself. What do you need? And act on that. And just listen and be curious with your children. We think we know everything. And most of the times I know nothing. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for being here today. I love seeing you. We get to, we get to see each other on video as we're talking and we look forward to staying connected and hopefully seeing each other in the future, in the not too distant future. I know. I love this. Thank you, ladies. Thanks for joining On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.